Welcome to a special hour of public affairs this morning. I'm Alicia Bales, live in the studio in Ukiah. On Tuesday, August 3rd, tomorrow, the Mendocino County Board of Supervisors will discuss a proposal to use $2 million of American Rescue Act funds to reduce and eliminate the carbon footprint of county buildings and operations here in Mendocino County. The agenda item, sponsored by Supervisors Jerdy and Haschak, was proposed by the Grassroots Institute, a local group that's been outspoken about the need for climate action by the county. And here to talk about the carbon-free Mendocino proposal are four guests we have with us mendocino county's fourth district supervisor dan jerdy he is sponsoring uh this proposal for tomorrow's agenda at the board of supervisors uh, working with supervisor haschak he created an action item for the board of supervisors meeting tomorrow the action starts with two million dollars of carbon reduction funding proposed by the grassroots institute building on the work of sonoma clean power and proposes the county government reduce and eliminate the carbon footprint of county buildings and operations also with us are peter mcnamee and marcy snyder they're mendocino coast residents and volunteers with the grassroots institute peter and marcy are two of the citizen activists who drafted a community initiated proposal to have the county of mendocino establish this two million dollar fund to help county government and the community to move away from fossil fuels and finally we have jeff cyphers he's the executive director of sonoma clean power and he's a leader uh, as a leader of a community-owned provider of electricity he's worked to reduce the carbon footprint of sonoma and mendocino county customers today 91 percent of the power supplied by sonoma clean power is from carbon free sources and jeff will discuss ways to further reduce the environmental footprint of Son sonoma clean power customers welcome to all of you thank you this is an important topic and i'm just delighted to have you here to talk about it Good to be here. Yes, it is. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Alicia and Dan and Jeff and Peter. Yes, and we will have we'll be opening up the phone lines uh, about halfway through the show, but we'll be here for the whole hour, so we can open this up to a larger community conversation as well. Um, but let's start with you, Supervisor Jerdy. What is the proposal you and Supervisor Haschek are bringing to the board tomorrow? Well, what Supervisor Hashak and I did is, is we, um, we looked at the proposal from the Grassroots Institute and, and they'll get a chance to discuss it in more detail. And we, um, we said, let's, this is great. We've been wanting to do this for some time. Let's build on their proposal for a $2 million fund. Um, and because it sometimes takes a little bit of money to convert away from fossil fuels, um, to all electric. And um, and let's let's take in some other projects and some other ideas that the board's been kicking around and putting it all into one document, so it becomes a clear policy goal for the county of Mendocino for county employees, so they all know that we're all heading in the same direction. What we're heading for is a reduction and elimination of of carbon emissions uh, for county operations and county buildings. All right, so um, just a little bit more about it. Um, what specifically will the $2 million fund uh, pay for? Well, um, I, I think you'll hear from the Grassroots Institute, their concept was to leave it broad and because opportunities will come up um, from other grants, other um, you know programs that the state might offer. And so we want to um, leave the fund flexible. Um, but for example, there might be a county building that's being heated with natural gas, which has carbon emissions. We, it may take some extra money to convert that built, that heating system 
um, over to all electric. Uh, and so this could be used as matching dollars for other funds that we might be able to tap into to make that conversion. Also, our fleet obviously has a, a big carbon footprint. And so we it may cost a little bit more money up front to go to all electric um, uh, vehicles. Already the county's been purchasing a number of hybrids, but going all electric um, really is where we want to go. Mm -hmm. And um, as those vehicles are, uh, come online, more and more county vehicles can convert over to all electric. Has there been any kind of carbon inventory of the county's buildings and operations that would help you to understand where sort of to prioritize the the efforts? So that's actually underway. So um, uh, through Sonoma Clean Power, I learned that there's a, a statewide program um, that is available to local governments. And so a few months ago, we tapped into them and they have, they're in the middle of an energy audit of our county buildings. And among their, uh, within their energy audit, there's all, they're also going to show if we were to deploy this uh, um, modernization of this building or that building, what would be the carbon reduction from those um, different options that they're going to present to us. So, so in a way, we're, we're getting that right now. And we should have that. They're working with county staff. We should have that in early September. Do we have any sense of whether $2 million will make an impact? Do we know what the... The, the, I'm sure the, the it will total because, uh, challenge is here. Well, it, it, by itself, it's not enough. But again, I think there's there's an opportunity for matching grants, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some things will have an, a very short-term payback. So, for example, that energy audit they're conducting right now, some items will have a, a payback of less than 10 years. For those items, we can finance just with our um, with 0% financing on our electric bill. Other items that have a, a longer payback, that's where we would look at tapping into this $2 million um, fund and, again, outside grants if available. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's turn to the Grassroots Institute folks, Peter and Marcy. Um, what is the Grassroots Institute and how did you develop this carbon-free Mendocino plan? Um, the Grassroots Institute is a longstanding organization, and they have taught workshops at the College of the Redwoods here in Fort Bragg and also in Willits. Um, I wasn't involved at the time, uh, but they've been around for 10-plus years. Um, in January, uh, members of the Carbon, uh, excuse me, of the Grassroots Institute got together to discuss what kind of projects they wanted to do. And the vast majority of people wanted to work on the climate crisis. They see that as the most critical thing that's happening in the county. Um, I recently got an electric car. I wanted to go to the Fort Bragg City Council, but I needed support. And that's why I went and joined the Grassroots Institute in January. So I'm a relatively new member and said, I would like to see electric cars in every driveway and solar panels on every roof. And they just took off. Other people wrote this. I mean, I was so surprised and pleased that they actually wrote this recommendations to the city of Fort Bragg and the county of Mendocino. Um, it's quite a dynamic group, a very cooperative group. We're hardworking. We want to support the county um, and the city in going after funding and following through, like I said earlier to all of you private, more privately when we weren't on the air, of following through on making this happen and possibly in the long run creating jobs in these technological fields of, of installing electric vehicle charging stations and and um, uh, installing photovoltaic systems, partnering with a local community college to do training programs so people can get decent paying jobs 
in the process of doing this most critical work of addressing the climate crisis. Um, I also, I think the Grassroots Institute members would also like to see the county and the city join hands with, as we are with Sonoma Clean Power, that's happening right here, right now, um, to, uh, and also maybe Humboldt County, Sonoma County, the governments of various city entities to build momentum to get this to happen, to bring more funds in. These are ultimate goals that we see. But in the short term, we really want to see this happen. We reached out to various organizations um, and got their endorsements, um, including the League of Women Voters, the Coast Democratic Club, the Inland Democratic Club, uh, very importantly, the um, um, Board of Supervisors appointed a Mendocino County Climate Action Advisory Committee, and they endorsed it. They not only endorsed it, they would like, they recommended that the Board of Supervisors increase the amount of money in the, their resolution from $2 million to $4 million. So they want to see the amount of money doubled because $2 million really won't go very far. Uh, it's really critical that we address this. Um, let's see, who else endorsed it? The Sierra Club. Uh, there were many organization endorsements. Those are the, those are the big names. Um, and then there were approximately, I don't know how many are here. I don't know, 30 businesses. Uh, I don't really want to name the businesses. I don't know if they want that publicly announced, but, uh, some of them were, are pretty big businesses in our community, in our communities. And some of them are B corporations, which means B corporations, um, uh, subscribe to an organization that, uh, provides ethical, uh, work uh, place environments with good with decent pay and decent benefits and is also environmentally conscious so there were some b corporations interesting that that's it. its own category it feels like that should be all corporations but okay it's a start yeah, that's I guess. right it does feel like it should be all corporations <laughs> okay so um, that's that's marcy <laughs> yeah. snyder she's from the grassroots institute we also have peter mcnamee here from the grassroots institute peter can you tell us about the proposal itself and maybe a little background about how you decided that these were the priorities what are you asking the board to do yeah, the, um, the, the Grassroots Institute, uh, just to amplify a bit on what Marcy said, um, is, is, as its name suggests, uh, a organization of local residents um, in Mendocino County. Um, we educate ourselves about problems and issues um, that we feel uh, need to be addressed in our community. And through that process, we decide that there are uh, issues that we want to advocate solutions to. Um, we, we like to say that, that what we try to do is find progressive solutions to problems confronting our community that will benefit the entire community. And uh, this spring, um, there were really three uh, issue areas. One was co-ops in the county. Uh, another had to do with uh, food sustainability and community garden programs. Um, and the third was uh, climate action. And as Marcy pointed out, um, in that, that particular group of people, um, a, uh, uh, we, we decided that, that there really was an opportunity here because 
of some unique circumstances. Um, there has been a lot of uh, money allocated by the federal government and uh, by the state to address the issues um, that uh, uh, of the economy, um, particularly uh, uh, stimulating the economy. And we saw this as an opportunity to uh, build back better, as uh, they like to say in Washington. Um, and that meant building back green, a green economy. Uh, so we, we, we met with public officials, uh, both elected and appointed. We, Marcy had extensive conversations with Sonoma Green Power uh, and, uh, or excuse me, Sonoma Clean Power. And, um, and out of that, we settled on three things that we, we thought were very doable, um, where we could see some real concrete progress made in the county. Um, one was we felt it just that, that the public had already led on this. Um, people all over the county have been putting solar panels on their homes now for decades, and they've seen the benefits in terms of uh, increased uh, uh, electric uh, independence from uh, fossil fuel uh, electricity. Um, they've seen uh, that their electrical bills uh, drop dramatically. Um, that they, they've seen uh, the real potential for developing um, uh, grid independence. Um, uh, and uh, so we, we thought uh, that it's time for the counties and the cities in Mendocino County to do what the citizenry has already led on, which is to put solar panels on the public buildings, um, to hook them up with um, batteries, uh, so that the electricity from the solar panels could be generated 20, could be utilized 24 seven. Um, and to make, um, that, uh, electricity, uh, available to the public, um, as needed in, uh, for example, uh, public safety power outages, um, people would be able to, uh, charge up their, uh, electronic devices, um, from the batteries, uh, that the, that the, that are on public buildings. We also, and I just want to touch upon this, um, saw a huge need for, to expand the number of uh, electric vehicle chargers um, in in the county. We we are uh, a in many ways uh, dependent on tourism in this county, and uh, our examination of the literature and of our own experience has been that uh, electric vehicles are going to happen in a very relatively short period of time as the principal vehicle for uh, uh, people in our in our country and in our state and in our county. Almost all of them, I, I would say all of the major uh, electric, uh, automobile manufacturers have plans to shift, o shift over to electric vehicle production as the principal and dominant uh, uh, model platform uh, for the vehicles they produce. So by 2030, um, most of the fleet, uh, that uh, uh, most of the automobiles on the road will be electric vehicles. And if Mendocino is going to compete for tourist dollars, it's going to have to supply um, the ability for those drivers to be able to charge their vehicles quickly and efficiently. Uh, here in our county. And if we don't, they'll go someplace else. So our tourist industry, which is a major component of uh, our economy, 
needs to be supported by the expansion of electric vehicle uh, chargers in the county. So we, we advocated that as the second goal uh, for what we wanted to see happen. And then the final goal was to, uh, and by means, by no means is this a, a, a final list of things, but um, was the conversion of the uh, Mendocino Transit Authority fleet uh, over to fuel cells uh, or electric buses. And they are well on their way to doing that. There is funding available, as Supervisor Jurdy pointed out, um, to uh to match local dollars to produce, uh, to, to make that conversion. And that just means that the elderly population, of which I'm one, um, and uh, uh, the lower income communities that depend on uh, public transit uh, are going to be able to um, get access to clean vehicles so we're not um, contributing to uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but we're also breathing better and cleaner air. So that's in a nutshell what, what our objectives were in pushing this. And we're so happy to see the county picking up uh, on this. And as Marcy said, we hope this is the beginning. You know, Sonoma County set aside $12 million. They're a lot bigger county, but they're setting aside $12 million for their green uh, action fund. And uh, we think that what Dan's proposing with Supervisor Hashak is an excellent first step uh, in that direction. There's an old axiom in government, and I'll end with this. If it's not in the budget, it's not really policy. And uh, with right. putting dollars tied to conversion, we're moving in the direction of really concrete action on this by the county, and hopefully the cities will follow. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Um, all right, well, let me take a moment exactly. to, to reintroduce you. Uh, I'm Alicia Bales, live in the studio. We're having a special hour of public affairs on a proposal by the Grassroots Institute uh, that will come before the the Board of Supervisors tomorrow, sponsored by Supervisors Jerdy and Haschak, that will um, use $2 million of American Rescue Act funds to reduce and eliminate the carbon footprint of county buildings and operations. And as you just heard, the proposal has three uh, initiatives, installation of photovoltaic panels on public buildings, installing additional electric car charging stations in the county, and transitioning public transportation to electric vehicles. But as you say, um, this is a starting point, and there's a lot of work to be done. And so this is um, this is an exciting proposal. You're going to have a vote by the supervisors tomorrow at the Board of Supervisors meeting. We are joined by Dan Jurdy, Mendocino County's 4th District Supervisor, Peter McNamee and Marcy Snyder of the Grassroots Institute, who who brought forth this community-initiated proposal. And we also have Jeff Cyphers here. He's the Executive Director of Sonoma Clean Power, who is uh, so crucial to all of these local uh, efforts to electrify, right? We're told that the, the thing we can do the fastest and most effectively is toward climate is to electrify everything, right? So you are basically the fulcrum of all of this. It, it all depends on on you. It's not guaranteed that 
electricity is going to be carbon free, right? A lot of electricity comes from coal and fossil fuels, but your work with Sonoma Clean Power uh, has reduced the carbon footprint of Sonoma and Mendocino County's electricity consumption. Uh, and I wonder if you can talk about how Sonoma Clean Power uh, does that and how the proposal before the board and our, and our community here can use your experience to make a really practical and meaningful difference for county buildings and operations. Thank you, and good morning, Alicia and everyone. I, I, I'm really happy to see this leadership coming out of Mendocino County. Um, it's, this, is, this kind of comprehensive proposal is really exciting, and Sonoma Clean Power is really here to try to help you fulfill that mission. And we, we were created back in 2014 in Sonoma County, hence the name, um, really out of a, a, a extreme need to try and work on the climate crisis. And it was really created um, as a general purpose kind of entity. So yes, we started out building new solar power and wind power and buying more geothermal energy and making that switch to renewable sources of electricity. But within a year of forming, um, we really made the pivot to thinking about electric cars and um, how to electrify buildings that are currently using propane or wood or natural gas to uh, heat and heat water. And so we're really here as that kind of general purpose entity, um, really to help work on things like public safety power shutoffs and reducing the threat of fires and droughts and and think about the climate crisis and so um so far the kinds of things we've been working on i mentioned you know constructing new renewable energy and we've we've made uh, really significant progress we've actually built um, over one billion dollars of new renewables which is just a staggering number when you think that, that we started with a loan and no no cash at all. Um, so it was 2017 that Mendocino County um, started getting started. And, and that was an exciting um, evolution for us to, to help serve it that, that region. Um, and, and some of the stuff that we're doing in that region besides just providing clean energy is really working on those electric vehicle charging stations that we were hearing about. So. We're currently installing um, at eight different locations in Mendocino County. Um, we're putting in 35 public vehicle chargers, and that includes three of those fast chargers that are really handy if you need to fill up quickly. And we've also given away so far 190 free home electric vehicle chargers in Mendocino County. We'd love to give away more. Those are free. So if you guys want one, um, you know, call us up. Go to sonomacleanpower.org and you can uh, get one of those chargers. Um, and then one other example, we could talk about more things, but um, one other example of an initiative that we're working on is really help, helping people kick the methane habit. And what I mean is lots of our homes still, not so much on the coastal area of Mendocino, but um, in, in the rest of Mendocino, a lot of our homes are still heated with uh, natural gas. And I like to call it methane because it's that's what it is. It's not really so natural. That was a brand that the industry put on it to help sell it. Um, but that that gas turns out to be really one of the biggest um, greenhouse gas problems that California has left. We've more or less gotten rid of coal in California almost entirely. And so what we're down to now as, a, as an extreme problem is natural gas. and. It turns out it's pretty easy these days to make the switch to very super efficient electric devices. 
And we're trying to make it even easier. So we've got an advanced energy center in downtown Santa Rosa, but we also have a website that makes it easier for folks in Mendocino. It's the scpadvancedenergycenter.org. And that place can allow Sonoma Clean Power customers to get, um, if you're low income, you can get free appliances um, and then you just pay for the installation. Um, everyone can get incentives on those appliances and also get uh, zero interest financing uh, that you can pay back on your electric bill. So we're trying to make it a lot easier for folks to make that switch to clean renewable energy for everything in their life. And the Advanced Energy Center is really one of those pieces. And the easiest thing anyone can do is make the switch to Evergreen. That's literally a phone call or go to sonomacleanpower.org and you can sign up. And for most homes, it's between about $10 and $20 more per month. And the reason why that's valuable is that Evergreen, even though our basic service is very clean, Evergreen is 100% renewable. It's made from 100% local resources in Sonoma and Mendocino County. So it's supporting local jobs. And it's making renewable energy every hour of every day around the year. And the reason that's important is that if you only had solar, uh, you're not you're going to be relying on natural gas in the evening to uh, to help keep your lights on. And what Evergreen does, even if you already have solar, is it allows you to have renewable energy for those other hours that your solar isn't producing. And that really is the game changer because then we can start talking about shutting off those power plants for good instead of keeping them on standby. So that's that's kind of the easiest thing folks can do if you're if you're thinking about starting, but definitely getting an electric car, definitely thinking about solar on your roof. If you can afford it, batteries are still a little pricey, but if you can afford a battery, it is a nice thing to have for those power shutoffs and it does help shift your solar into the evening when it's actually worth something. Right now, solar in the middle of the day isn't worth a whole lot anymore. Um, so that can be another plus. I'm curious, too, about something like the Evergreen program, which is a, a power providing program that consumers can sign up for. And, and then you know that you have 100 percent renewable and local locally produced energy. When we have counties and communities moving quickly toward electrification, uh, can a program like Evergreen level up to provide enough power? Yeah, so we've we've built um, six megawatts of new solar power already, and one of them is just outside Willits, one of the megawatts, and the, the other five are down in Sonoma County. We just right now have a solicitation out to build somewhere around 10 megawatts more because of new evergreen signups. We're also buying uh, a significant amount of geothermal from the geyser system, in Sonoma, Mendocino, and some of that geyser system is in Lake County as well. Um, and we'd love to keep buying more of those resources and building more solar. We're also going to be building some storage. So that's battery systems co-located with storage because it turns out batteries plus solar is this great combination. It pairs really well. So um, we, you know, of course, our land is precious, and we don't want solar everywhere. We don't want it on the ridge tops. We don't want it kind of like staring at us in the face. But we have quite a bit of parking lots. We've got a lot of roofs. We've got a lot of um, land that was historically used for dairies that are now out of business. And those kind of, those kind of properties that have heavily impacted land, 
they can be used for solar as long as um, we're not really taking away from farmland or good habitat. Um, so, so there's there's quite a bit of room out there. Where's the? Did you call it a megawatt? <laughs> where, where is the one in Willits? So it's just southeast of the city, and I wish I could give you something more specific offhand, but but that's what I, I just have. want to have a picture of what one of your power plants looks like. You know, is it just yeah, a, so- a, tr- a trees, a forest of solar panels? So, so a lot of them are mounted on land just because of the size. Um, a megawatt takes a little over an acre of, of concentrated land, or it could be spread out over a few acres. Um, and it's generally a few thousand uh, solar panels. So it's a pretty big system. And a megawatt can power around 300 or so homes. And uh, when you're talking about annual usage, so the kind of net amount over a year, and um, just to put it in perspective, uh, we'd love to build more uh, solar. We'd love to make sure it's on that degraded land in part because what we're competing against is solar in the Central Valley where land is very inexpensive. And also some of that solar in the Central Valley is really kind of inching up toward farmland. And we'd love to keep our farmland um, you know, for farming. And so that's another great reason to look for these opportunities locally. And, Warehouses are great. They don't use a lot of electricity and they have giant roofs. So if you've got a warehouse or an old army base or or something like that, those turn out to be really good places. Places where you have a lot of big buildings and not a lot of people consuming electricity. Well, this is Alicia Bales. We're having a special hour of public affairs this morning talking about the Grassroots Institute proposal to spend $2 million of American Rescue Act funds in Mendocino County to reduce and eliminate the carbon footprint of county buildings and operations. This has been turned into a proposal that is on the agenda for tomorrow's County Board of Supervisors meeting, sponsored by Supervisor Jurdy and Supervisor Haschak. So, Dan, uh, Supervisor Dan Jurdy, let's turn back to you and uh, ask what will an affirmative vote on this resolution tomorrow mean to the county? What are you hoping happens? Well, I think the number one thing it does is it it sets a direction for the county. So all county employees all uh, will know that the board of supervisors are, are, you know, trying to set a course of of reducing and and eliminating the carbon footprint for county operations. I think that's, it's pretty big statement. And, you know, Taking a step back, I think it actually sends a signal to someone who's thinking of working for the county. I mean, I'm someone who, who's constantly trying to encourage people to consider going to work for the county of Mendocino. I think this would be a great statement for someone who's thinking, should I work for Mendocino County? Should I work somewhere else? I, I think this is a kind of organization that that I would want to work for is that ha- has a goal of being carbon free um, because, you know, look at all the things we're struggling with here on the North Coast. We've got, um, you know, fires year after year we've got droughts i mean a lot of this is directly related to carbon emissions and and so uh, one of the things that i feel best about that i've done on the board was to vote to join sonoma clean power um just as soon as we join sonoma clean power the carbon emissions of all county customers of sonoma clean power was cut in half from shifting from pg to sonoma clean power and that's that's not saying anything bad about PG&E. They actually have a better, cleaner portfolio than than most utilities in America. It's just that Summa Clean Power is just that much farther ahead in in have in focusing on trying to get um, the the least carbon footprint in their emissions. When we joined um, back in 2017, I, I think their portfolio was about 78 percent carbon free. 
today it's 91% carbon free and 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 I'm, now I'm on their board and you know we're we're talking about how can we close the gap on that last 9% and so you know we're grateful to have people like Jeff you know a, an engineer <laughs> who thinks about these things every day trying to figure out how can we close that nine, that last gap and and as he said you know they they're constantly coming up with ideas incentives educational information so that customers can understand that hey the shift to all electric is is their single quickest way to reduce their carbon footprint and and they're trying to make it as simple and easy as possible and uh, anyway so I, I think what this resolution does uh, it, it sets a direction for the county as an organization it sets uh, a goal and and provides some money as peter said uh, if it's in the budget it's priority and um and and we do think that we'll be able to attract other uh, state and federal grants to add to it all right, and I want to remind listeners that that was the voice of Dan Jurdy, Mendocino County's 4th District Supervisor. We're also joined by Peter McNamee and Marcy Snyder of the Grassroots Institute and Jeff Cyphers, Executive Director of Sonoma Clean Power. So we have a wealth of knowledge here, and we also uh, want to open up the phone lines for listeners to join in on this conversation. The number here in the studio is 707 895 2448 and we have our first call hello caller you are live on the air this morning hi thanks for taking my call so thank you everybody for for being there and giving such wonderful information out i have um a couple of questions i'll try to put into all one i know that sonoma green power in the past has um helped with sending out postcards for programs for reduced costs for purchasing electric vehicles, and um, I'm hoping that that's something that we'll see again. I have not, I don't think I've seen it in a couple of years now, um, and I'm hoping that that can include uh, the up and uh, coming availability of um, uh, electric pickup trucks. Um, I'm want, hoping that Sonoma Green Power can give a phone number over the line that uh, those of us who don't have computer access can reach um, to uh, talk about the advanced energy. And um, let me see. I missed all of that address for spcadvancedenergysomething.org. If that can be repeated, I'd appreciate that, too. And I'll take my answers off the air. Thanks. All right. Thank you, caller. Jeff, do you want to take that one? I can tell you, caller, that it's scpadvancedenergycenter.org, right? Yes, that's okay. right. And, and for anybody um, who does have web access, you can also go to sonomacleanpower.org. For example, if you were going to um, sign up for Evergreen or look at general purpose things, but the Energy Center is is at that SCP Advanced Energy Center org. And um, for folks who don't have web access, you can call us at 1-855-202-2139. Okay, that's 1-855-202-2139. Two one three nine to reach Sonoma Clean Power. What about the caller's question about um, support for per- people purchasing electric vehicles, reduced cost, and also, yeah, what about the new electric pickup trucks? Is there going to be any kind of equity programs to help people um, purchase those? 
I love this idea. It's coming back because we did have three years where we um, negotiated some bulk discounts from the electric vehicle providers, and we passed those on. They were pretty significant. They were around $10,000 or so for um, a price discount off a car. Um, and uh, the reason why we stopped that wasn't because it was unsuccessful. It was partly because we saw more and more people buying cars and the state of California stepping in and offering some incentives itself. And we also identified that the charging stations were getting, um, were becoming the problem. We really needed to focus on getting charging stations out in the community and working with PG&E to get the transformers installed so that they could be supported and all of that. So we did shift gears to really helping work on the infrastructure. We do still have a, a very small program, but we do have a program where nonprofit organizations can get a heavy discount still on an electric car um, from us. And it can make the car quite inexpensive if they're uh, willing to kick in the rest. But those discounts can be around 10,000 plus for a nonprofit organization. We have a very limited amount of those available, but that's, that's something that's still going on uh, if you wanna call us. And, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll think about that and I'll talk with our team. The trucks are a new thing and those trucks are getting a lot of attention. I'm very excited about um, the trucks that actually have uh, AC power available in the bumper so that you can actually run power tools. I do think that's gonna change attitudes among contractors and, and folks who really need power in the field in remote places. And I'll tell you, just my little portable little battery that I wheel around on a dolly to do yard work with my electric tools has changed my perception about that. And I think the truck could be a big deal. So um, but I, I love the idea. Let, let us chew on it. We'll, we'll figure it out. Good. All right. Supervisor Jurdy. Well, I just uh, pass on a consumer tip. Um, uh, a, a friend of mine in Fort Bragg, uh, she was looking for an electric vehicle and noticed that um, a lot of the dealerships get dealer incentives to sell electric vehicles in order to get the big pickups because the big pickups have the huge profit margin for the dealer. And um, so she per personally found a dealership, I think it was in San Mateo County, that was a Chevy dealership selling the all electric Volt. And um, she chose the lease, she could have purchased it. And I think she's paying like $190 a month for a three-year lease, essentially no maintenance, very little operational cost. And, and it's a brand new vehicle. And it had a, a range of 200 plus miles. And she had over 100 miles registering on her vehicle by the time she got, you know, so it, it actually rolls longer than the, than the advertised mm -hmm. if you going over the hills of Mendocino County and you're recharging by braking. So um, anyway, and that's just a tip. People might want to look for dealerships that have big pickups and also have small electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. They may be offering those small electric vehicles well below the sticker price. And this, of course, brings us back to the Grassroots Institute proposal that, that the board will be voting on tomorrow. Uh, one of the three priorities in that proposal is the uh, installation of additional electric car charging stations. So you're trying to address that bottleneck in infrastructure that makes it not so practical for folks in Mendocino County to make that switch quite yet. We need more infrastructure to make that really functional for people. The phones are ringing off the hook. The number here is 895-2448. I'd like to take another call. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yep, loud and clear. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate this step forward to 
sustainability and our carbon footprints being re- reduced to something that's going to protect our uh, future resources. I want to bring up the issue of low-income housing and people who are we, – we're not a very uh, wealthy county, and I think these ideas for uh, solar um, charging stations are fantastic. But if you live in an ap- or a renter, um, there's no place to charge. Um, I know Sonoma Clean Power had a wonderful incentive for uh, giving low-income people uh, discounts on electric bicycles. I couldn't use it because I had I would have to travel to Santa Rosa to find someone uh, who has a proprietor who sells bicycles that were electric bicycles that were affordable. I couldn't buy it off uh, from a dealer off the uh, internet. I couldn't use that coupon. And um, also then I realized I don't know how I'm going to charge it in an apartment. So uh, I think we need to look in the future when more projects come on board how to engage landlords. I lived um, in some places here on the coast where the landlords would not take advantage of the PG&E or Sonoma Clean Power incentives because um, to replace uh, windows with double pane because there was a restriction that they could raise uh, the rent for two years. So, you know, there has to be a little deeper look at how this works on the ground. The, pro- the programs are fantastic, but a lot of them already serve those who have um, excess wealth uh, other than those who are on low income. So I hope you'll address that in the future. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Carl. Yep, it gets to the very heart of the matter that um, there are uh, lots of deep questions of equity that not only uh, need to be addressed to solve the climate crisis, but are part of the cause of the climate crisis. Uh, Marcy Snyder of Grassroots Institute, you want to comment on that? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I want to say there are programs out there that uh, um, su- supply grants for electric vehicles that uh, currently the funding cycle has ended, but it will be reinstated. And along with those grants um, for an all-electric vehicle, which is up to $5,000, and these are lower-income people, um, it has generous income limits, but nonetheless, if you earn a bunch of money, you're not eligible. And along with that comes a $2,000 grant to put an electric vehicle charging station. You need to get permission of your landlord, of course, and, and that would get you through the permitting process. And that is through the Clean Vehicle Assistance Program with the state of California. Beneficial State Bank implements that program. Um, I further, I don't know how the phone lines are looking, Alicia. I, I wanted to state that I want to make it clear to people that what the Board of Supervisors is looking at is um, a revised, um, they worked on revised, they had to, on revising our recommendations. So they are not actually looking at putting solar panels. I, is it, I want to make sure this is correct, Dan. Solar panels on rooftops um, and put in installing electric vehicle charging stations. They're looking at reducing the carbon footprint of Mendocino County with the intent of, from my understanding of reading the resolution of doing all these things. Two million dollars really won't go that far, but 
things need to be moved on and get started. And I think it would be good if people contacted their supervisors today and let them know that they want they want them to vote yes on this because this is a starting point. That's all it is. And they can do that by calling 463-4221 and uh, pressing extension 1, and that will take them to all their various supervisors, and then they could say, hey, you know, let's get started on this. Let's do this. Um, and just encourage all the supervisors, encourage your supervisor to vote on this. And, Dan, I so much appreciate you taking the lead in this and actually doing something. I have a question for you, and that is there is $2 million you're planning on setting aside. Where are you planning on setting it aside to? What What bank account is going to be formed and what department? to put this $2 million plus, because it does say you're thinking about using um, an initial investment of at least. So you're actually considering what your Climate Action Committee recommended, is investing more than the $2 million into making, starting the process of making Mendocino County carbon-free. Where's that money going to be put? What's the intent? Yeah, so the, the auditor controller, um, he has different funds and, and or sets up several funds for the county. And so it would be uh, the intent is for it to be set up in its independent fund so everybody can see it as the money is spent. And um, so, it will, so it'll be protected from one fiscal year to the next. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've, uh, again, this really, this proposal is building on the proposal from the Grassroots Institute, plus a number of, of, of initiatives that the board members have, have brought up at different, in different discussion points. So, for example, uh, about a year or so ago, um, we saw um, the architect's draft um, proposal for um, the, um, the jail, um, the new wing for the jail. And at that point, the board members, we said, you know, as a group, we said, you know, we really want to reduce um, the carbon emissions um, from this structure as much as possible. And we um, we insisted on switching out um, some of the natural gas heaters um, over to electric. Um, so so that was like a one-off, you know, direction for the board. The concept here is to give a very clear direction by the board that this is the direction we want all county policy to move in. And so we don't have a reoccurrence of that sort of thing where staff works on something and in it sort of at the 11th hour the board you know sees the presentation and has to make a shift at the last minute we're trying to get ahead of that so the staff knows we really want you to look at the carbon uh, footprint of every single activity of the county to see how we can make um, a, a difference in reducing our carbon footprint and eventually eliminating it altogether. Um, all right, I, I we really do think have, we uh, live in a time when this is possible. We do have the phone lines uh, all lit up, so let's see if we can use the last 10 minutes here of the show today to um, to answer questions from listeners. We're talking with Dan Jurdy, Mendocino County's 4th District Supervisor. Peter McNamee and Marcy Snyder are on the line from Grassroots Institute. And Jeff Cyphers is here, the Executive Director of Sonoma Clean Power. So let's take our next caller. Good morning, caller. You're live on the air. Oh, hi. How you doing today? Yeah, it took me about 20 times calling, but I finally got through. Um, you know, it sounds so good. It sounds really awesome. Everything is is going on the up and up for the county, and I like to see all these people on board 
it seems like there's little backroom meetings going on, and um, I'd like to know a little bit of more details, too, about where the money is going. It kind of gets shaken off, you know. And then also, you know, it, it's, it's a business. I want to reiterate to everyone out there, what we're talking about is a multi-trillion dollar business in the world right now. We're talking about solar panels being made and depleting, uh, you know, the world, making it even worse than what we're talking about, making it great. So I want to know the, the, the cost on the batteries being made, all the solar panels being made. What's the, what's the carbon footprint on that? And um, as far as the business, the Greenleaf uh, Sonoma Clean Power, uh, we are a, a customer of Sonoma Clean Powder, and the power bill definitely went up more than $20 uh, when we switched over. I want to know what's going to go on in the future, and if the Supervisor Gordy or these guys are on the board of Mendocino County and on the board of the Sonoma Clean Power, I was kind of mis- uh, I didn't understand that. It sounded kind of like he was on the board of Sonoma Clean Power as well, which then would kind of bring in a question of, is this, um, you know, conflict of interest, having somebody champion your path that's, you know, then in Mendocino County on the Board of Supervisors. Uh, Thank you so much for your show. Have a good day. All right. Thanks for the questions. Uh, Jeff Cyphers, you want to take that one? I'll start. I think um, one of the things that's important to know is Sonoma Clean Power is a public agency. It cannot take a profit. And so uh, it's really important to me that that people understand that all of our income that we get from rates goes back to rate payers. Unlike PG&E, right? Yeah. So PG&E does have shareholders and I don't want to badmouth them, but they, they do they do take a profit and it's quite considerable. It's, it's between 11 and 12% on their investments. And um, and, and that's a significant cost for ratepayers. So I, I just want to make that point. And, and also on the, the kind of carbon impact of renewable energy, um, it, it is certainly uh, impactful. So it takes a considerable amount of energy to make solar panels and wind turbines. It takes a considerable amount of energy to make geothermal resources, to build biomass plants, to do all kinds of things. What we compare that to is the alternative. Um, so we don't compare it to nothing. We compare it to conservation and energy efficiency, which turns out to be the most ecological thing to do, uh, is avoid the need in the first place. And then we also compare it to natural gas power plants. And when you compare it to natural gas power plants, you're looking at somewhere between an 80 and 95% reduction in total embodied emissions um, for things like solar and wind power. and the National Renewable Energy Labs and the Energy Policy Research Institute has published a number of papers on that where they've, they've studied it from like from the mining all the way through to the installation and operation, and they've looked at every kind of impact. So we're looking at way better, not perfect. And I, I want to make that clear. Like, we don't do perfect because we don't know how. But if we're doing way, way, way better, then that's kind of the mission. All right. And Supervisor Jordy, do you want to speak to the conflict of interest question? Yeah, so it may, some of the listeners may not know this, but Sonoma Clean Power was created by the county of Sonoma and the cities in Sonoma County. So it's a public agency. In Mendocino County, We and their express purpose, one of their top priorities was to provide um, power to their customers um, that was had a smaller carbon footprint. We were, in 2016, we were looking at doing the same thing. But instead of in reinventing the wheel, creating a new bureaucracy here in Mendocino County, they were doing such a great job in Sonoma County. And the, and to me, the obvious choice was let's just join Sonoma Clean Power. They've, 
And so in doing that, um, we could have had two supervisors sit on their board. I, I've suggested, no, let's have a city council member and a supervisor sit on their board. And so that's what we have. We have a member of city council in Mendocino County serving on their board. And, and for the last th two, three years, I've been serving on behalf of the Mendocino County Board of Supervisors. So it's a public agency, and that's why you have elected officials serving on their board. They, all, they also have a, a citizens advisory board that reviews all policies that go to the board. So this isn't a corporate board. This is a public agency board. Yes. All right. Let's take another call. I'm telling you, the lines are totally lit up. 895-2448 uh, is the number to call. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Caller, are you there? Okay, let's try another one. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. You are live on the air. Oh, hi. Hi. Am I, am I on the show? Yeah. You are live. Yep. Welcome. Okay. Um, this is... Yes. Alicia was still talking. Am you, I on? No. If you turn your radio off, you won't hear that delay. Gotcha. Yeah. Hi. This is Naomi Wagner. And um, this, of course, all sounds very good, and I don't want to call, throw cold water, but I'm about to. Um, I was part of the um, group that moved to... that actually helped establish the macaque. And um, its mandate was to uh, reduce emissions, carbon emissions, in the county. And it's been two years. I have not really heard a report from them. I was expecting, and I think what was, was supposed to happen was that in order to reduce emissions, we need to know what we're emitting now. And if we don't know that, then we can't really tell because we don't have a baseline. So when we go and um, you know, do things like this program, we're, we may actually be adding emissions because it sounds to me like um, we don't know how many people have electric cars in the county now that could be expected to benefit from this. So um, I hear in there that I hear tourism, that we want more tourism, and the kind of people who would come here, we want them to be the people who are affluent enough to have electric cars. But that's actually going to bring more people and more more impacts. So I'd like to see that factored in. Thanks much. All right. Great question. Thanks, Naomi. Just briefly, um, it's true. We definitely need to do um, a, what's called a carbon emissions um, study. Uh, it's overdue for the county, and it will be done. Um, but we do know that, that, like as I said earlier, the moment we flipped the switch and became customers of Sonoma Clean Power, which was an action of the Board of Supervisors, um, that that it did cut in half our carbon emissions from electrical sources. So that was an actual action, not just an assessment. Um, but we do need to do the assessment. Um, we Again, this proposal is calling on the county government, the departments, et cetera, um, to make the switch to um, carbon-free sources for government operations um, and, and setting a course for the whole community. And could some of this $2 million be used to do that inventory? It could be, but um, I, I, if we... I think there's other ways of funding the assessment. I think the assessment is important, but it's it's not as important as the work that needs to be done. Okay, and Jeff Cyphers, you wanted to Alicia, weigh in on this? I want to make a plea that no matter what else we do, making it possible to shut off natural gas power plants in California is a good thing. Even if we disagree on all the other details, I think we're going to agree on that. Even if you don't care about climate emissions, because the amount of water those plants pollute is extraordinary. And so we cannot afford to spend that kind of water, the drinking water on, on those kind of plants anymore in this drought. 
All right. Well, this is going to, this is bringing us to the last minute or so of the show. So I want to give Grassroots Institute folks a chance to wrap it up. Um, Peter, we haven't heard from you in a while. Do you want to leave us with some, some final thoughts? Yes. Um, I would like to add, I'd like to go back to the caller who asked about um, how do we serve the low-income community uh, in Mendocino through this kind of initiative. And one of the things that the Grassroots uh, Institute envisioned in its proposal was that these would be uh, municipal buildings with uh, solar panels uh, hooked up to batteries um, and that charger state, charging stations for electric vehicles um, would be a part of that, that initiative. Um, and so if you're a low-income person in a, an apartment complex that's not already um, uh, equipped or, or wired uh, to provide charging services, then the more public options uh, that are available to you, um, the greater it's going to be, the greater the possibility is that you'll be able to find a charging station uh, in your neighborhood or close by um, that would would enable you to uh, have an electric vehicle and, and make it affordable. A lot of this also has to do with um, uh, a public part, public private partnership that uh, is is going to happen. Uh, it has to happen in order for us to to move the needle on uh, climate action. And, and that what I mean by that is is um, uh, Supervisor Jurdy and Hashcheck's. Uh, Resolution calls, for example, uh, streamlining the permitting process for solar panels um, right. uh, installations in the county, and that's a that's a huge step forward. And, and okay. I would applaud them for Peter, that. Peter, that's going to do it for us. We are out of time here for this. Dan Jurdy, Mendocino County's fourth district supervisor, Peter McNamee and Marcy Snyder of the Grassroots Institute, and Jeff Cyphers, the executive director of Sonoma Clean Power. The resolution is resolution number 21. It will be before the Board of Supervisors tomorrow, August 3rd, during their regular Tuesday meeting. I'm Alicia Bales. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for, for joining us, all of, all of you guests and all of you callers. Much appreciated. This is KZYX Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Have a great day. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.